Welcome to the Mount Hummer Podcast, episode 28. I'm Mal, I'm here with Luke and Al. We've got a ton of stuff to get through this week. We have a new issue out. Uh, we went to Bloodstock this past weekend. El went to Iron Maiden. We're going to talk Venom Prison, Megadeth, Bring Me the Horizon. Tons of stuff going on. And, as I just mentioned, the brand new issue of Mount Hummer Magazine is on sale right now. So exciting. Yes, very exciting. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Can we have that for a soundbite? Yeah. <laughs> Every time a new issue goes on sale. Uh, we have a world-exclusive interview with none other than Disturbed. David Draymond and the boys are back. They have a brand new album out right now. You can read all about the album's uh, details on metalhammer.com. And in the new issue, you can find our exclusive interview with David himself about the album, Disturbed's career, um, all the kind of ups and downs they've had, the way people view him, the way people view the band. It was done by none other than Eleanor to my left, who is something of a Disturbed fan. It was. I am a Disturbed fan, unashamedly so. Tell us about what you talked to uh, David Draymond about. We just kind of chatted about Disturbed's career, really. I mean, as Hammer, we've kind of had him on the cover a few times. We've not always uh, treated him in a... Well, I'm not going to say a fair way, fair way but... The Definitely. most respectful way? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> in years gone by. We've definitely done a few features with him um, that have been quite controversial and actually that hurt his feelings, it transpires. Yeah, there's an Which interesting really... story about one of the covers in particular, isn't there? That yeah, there know. is. You have to read it to find out. Yeah. But you kind of think him as a front man and the way he goes on stage, his feelings weren't very easy to hurt, but there are a few times where um, we did do things that he was a bit upset about. So we kind of had a very honest conversation and talked through some of that. Some of the stuff about Sign of Silence, which has kind of like rocketed them. That's not a word. What do I mean? It's fine. Propelled? Propelled. Yes. It's propelled them to a new level. And David talks about how he's recognised a lot more now because he's gone mainstream, really. Would you ever think that the the song that defined Disturbed and became their biggest ever song wouldn't be Down With Sickness, but would be a Simon and Garfunkel cover? Because... I mean, it did the business over here as well, but what it did for them in the States was unbelievable. No, on Radio Rock, Rock Radio, what am I like to say? On Rock Radio, they've just gone really, really big, and he's just, you know, when he walks out in the street now, a lot of people know who he is, and that didn't happen before. So, yeah, somebody so weird. who wrote a song with all the swear word words in the world in it <laughs> <laughs> has gone to sort of this radio, TV, mainstream icon status. So I talked to him a little bit about dealing with that as well and how it's been for them. Mm. Only, only, only available in the new issue of Metal Hammer. Uh, disturbed fans, we're going to have something special and extra for you, uh, imminently uh, Disturbed related. If you've been following what we've been doing with Metal Hammer magazine and some of the other stuff we do nowadays, you probably have a rough idea of what I mean. So look out for that. Also in the new issue, we have a 15-page special tribute to Pantera. We celebrate their career and legacy with the likes of King Diamond, Rob Halford, Dave Mustaine, Scott Ian, a ton of metal legends in there talking about the history of Pantera and what made them one of metal's greatest bands. Uh, we talked to Dimebag's longtime girlfriend, Rita. Uh, we talked to original Pantera singer Terry Glaze. There's a ton of amazing anecdotes and stories in there. Stuff about the time Des Farah lived with Phil Anselmo, uh, the time King Diamond went on tour with the band. There's loads of stuff you've never read about them before, only in the new issue. There's also features with the likes of Korn, special look at uh, 20 years of Follow the Leader that's been out now. 20 years special with the band. We talked to Joey Jordison, uh, get in the studio with While She Sleeps. Some weird stuff going on with that album. They mentioned Daft Punk, I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> Need to pick up the issue to see what I mean. There's also stuff with Hailstorm, Svalbard, Epica, The Fever 333, Doro, much, much more. There's a free CD in there. Uh, and as we mentioned, that aforementioned world exclusive interview with Disturbed, it's a biggie. Go out there and get it right now. It's so big. It's so big. It's so big. The biggest thing in metal this month, guaranteed. 
go pick it up. <laughs> and speaking of which, Bloodstock. Yeah. That was good, wasn't it? It was really good. <laughs> I was only ever, uh, able to get there for the Sunday this year because I was away, but you were there for the full weekend. Tell us about some of the stuff over there. What the, did uh, I see? The Friday and Saturday um, of the UK's premier, premier dedicated metal there. festival. Oh, we got there and it was raining, but luckily that ended and everything was fine. And we still went to see Wednesday 13 on the main stage to begin with. How was that? Good. To be fair, like I said, I've never seen him solo before. I, I was a big, I was a you know, big Murder Dolls fan, but I've never seen his solo stuff before. And yeah, it was quite good. It was a bit sort of, you know, B-movie horror stuff. Like he came out through a door with red rum scrawled on it. Nice. Oh, nice. And then, That's cool. And they came out swinging an axe and then there were, you know, some dancers around. And then they got like, what else did he do? Various costume changes and masks and shit like that. The, um, the props... For something that's kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek and schlocky and stuff, the, the, some of the attention to detail on some of his props and, like, the masks he has, and it sounds like a weird thing to say, but the makeup he does and stuff is really good. It's yeah, like proper it, horror movie yeah, level yeah, stuff. Decent. Like he, I think he went through about five different costume changes, and the band themselves all had different, slightly different face paint on to make themselves look different. And, yeah, there's a lot of fire. There's, like, a flaming cross at one point. It's just, yeah, nice. considering it was, like, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. It was, you know, a lot of effort went into it, I guess. Did you put a decent crowd? Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of people there who was like, loved him, and there's some people there that's like, I know who you are, so I'll pop along. Mm. But yeah, it was a decent sized crowd, like nowhere near the biggest of the weekend. But Bloodbath followed, and they were all right. It was my first time seeing Bloodbath. And Extreme metal outdoors, I think, just doesn't really work a lot of times. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the one weird thing about festivals like Bloodstock, you get, you get real extreme bands that have to play in the middle of the day yeah and it's always an odd vibe like it was cool everything you know all corpse painted up and stuff and covered in blood and, and flour and, <laughs> it, and it was just <laughs> I imagine it is blood and flour yeah I imagine all the that massive one sorry yeah <laughs> and, and yeah it was yeah, they said it was good but like I said just in, the, in the broad daylight it just felt a bit of a weird juxtaposition sure but then uh, Love Bites came onto the main stage. Yay. Yeah, so what happened with Love Bites? Because they weren't supposed to play on the main stage. No, though. what happened is, I believe, Suicide Tennessee's flight got cancelled, and then they got held up at customs, which meant they were about three hours late getting onto site. So what? So they moved Love Bites from the Sophie Lancaster tent onto the main stage and moved Suicide Tennessee's into the tent about you know, around six o'clock for taking Love Bites as okay. well, which I think is a win-win all round, to be honest. I would, I would agree with that, definitely. Uh, as a fan of Suicidal. And Love Bites, to be fair, pulled a massive crowd. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if people were expecting Suicidal and just turned up, but it was, they came on, uh, obviously all dressed in white, and just shredded, and it was fucking brilliant. You know, I just couldn't believe you know, how tight it was. Mm. And there was, some people down the front knew it all and knew what was going on. A lot of people, I think, just turned up somewhat ironically somewhat just curious or some who generally genuinely just sort of fans of power metal and thought we've heard of these guys why not check it out it'll be interesting mm-hmm. asami the lead vocalist uh, she sounded amazing like properly wailing like high-pitched vocals which was cool and yeah the band were just like they were so up for it and like not taking this position for granted it was really really impressive i think they only played like half an hour i think it was mm-hmm. a bit less than their original slot was meant to be later on in the day um, but yeah, it was fucking great. I think you know, power metal is the perfect place. For, you know, Blood Talk is the perfect place for power metal. Definitely. And they were on before Camelot as well, which I think. Oh like, really? Yeah, that is helped. a double header of epic. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're a Camelot fan and you turn up early, then yeah, you'd be happy with that. But then, like I say, Suicide in the Tent was fucking amazing. It was probably the best I've ever seen Suicidal Tendencies. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like, I saw, I saw two before you did, and I agree. They just 
ridiculous. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen the Sophie tent that busy. There are people just crowding around outside trying to get in. And yeah, there's crowd surfers everywhere. A little kid called Josh got crowd, got pulled up on stage and helped Dave Lombardo drum one of the songs. Amazing. And then uh, another guy who in a wheelchair got uh, crowd surfed onto the stage and Mike was like pushing him around. Oh, Dave Lombardo's into suicidal tendencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did that happen? Few years, ago. Few years ago. Lombardo? Yeah. yeah. Didn't even know that. Cool. Wow. Uh, uh, my metal cred sail out the window. Yes. Uh, I thought he was doing stuff with the uh, Patents Band at the Yeah, moment. I think he is, but he's, he talks with suicidal. Wow, man of multiple talents. And yeah, it was just a proper, like, I think it's, I think it's about an hour long of just like suicidal talents, greatest hits. It was, it was just so, so good. Just watching my meal go absolutely mental for an hour. But then Judas Priest came on. <laughs> and that was the end of that the was it. No, 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 no. Priests were good. Uh, it, I really enjoyed it at the time, but on reflection, after seeing like Gajira the day after, it's like, oh, it didn't feel as big. Really? As Gajira. Yeah, it was weird. I did take man. a look at the set list and it was a little, they went on for quite a lot of deep cuts, which I was quite surprised by. Yeah, I think the last half hour of Judas Priest was amazing. Like, it is like a seven song run of basically just all like all the big hits and then No Surrender as well in the encore which was oh, cool which is one of the best songs of yeah. an amazing new album which is wicked and, the, and obviously they got uh, Glenn out for the uh, encore as well which was nice but yeah it, it was good like, but the, the stage show was cool but there wasn't a lot to it it was like here's, here's an epic you know, it looks cool it's sort of like they rebuilt the Firepower album cover and the motorbike came out and you know, a few jacket changes for Rob and stuff but he seemed knackered absolutely knackered by like halfway through the set Rob yeah wow no, he just like hunched over the motorbike just like not even looking up just like oh. I mean the guy is you know, he's getting on like they're celebrating 50 years next year or something mm. and yeah it was cool but I don't know man it's a shame it was good but wow it, it, it was good a like, bit of a I saw quite a few people saying Priest was the best band of the weekend yeah I thought it was great I, I just saw it like 8 out of 10 but I think I was just really wanted it to be like fucking out as Julius Priest of Bloodstock and it's mm. I don't know, man. I personally, I, I, it wasn't loud enough, and it just wasn't as ah. This is you know amazing, but yeah. interesting. Yeah, each day, right? <laughs> you know, the next day, though, power power trip over the main station. It was fucking. Oh, amazing. so gutted. It was this power trip, so, man. Again, so another band I saw a couple of weeks back at Heavy uh, Montreal, but main stage at Bloodstock. Mate, they pulled a big crowd as well. Good, a lot of people. So there, they should. And yeah, just like all those things were like thrashing the sunshine. Yep, fine. Sure. Just gonna gonna work. Like Riley was so on it and like threw himself into the crowd during executions time. Oh, amazing! And yeah, it was. I think the only person I've seen do that. I think all weekend at the main stage, someone actually, someone actually climbing into the crowd. Although I think Jericho might have done. Um, oh, yeah, I heard about Jericho doing that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was just so good seeing him. And then they, he, he was there with like an obituary shirt on and Slayer jean or Slayer like joggers on. It's like yeah, you just love metal. Love <laughs> fine. What a man. Uh, what a man. Conjurer, but. By far, my second favorite band of the day uh, on Saturday. This brought the they packed out that tent. To be fair, and yeah, it was so they heavy. Sophie Lancaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was so heavy. Like, was like a load of people know knew all the words as well, which was cool. Awesome. Like, considering that album's only a few months old, which is wicked to see. And oh, like, that's really good to hear. Uh, Ailstorm. Yeah, so Mate. two weeks ago, uh, I said that I went to Canada and saw Ailstorm draw one of the biggest crowds of the weekend. What happened in England? They pulled the biggest crowd of the week. Oh my god, <laughs> really? Yeah, bigger than Gajera, bigger than Priest. So, really? Yeah. Bigger than the headliners? Yep. Are you serious? It was mad. What? On the main stage? I think everyone went to On the main stage? Yeah. 
guess it's everyone it's, it's fun and there's a duck and this is the same festival need we uh, remind ourselves that evil scarecrow once pulled a bigger crowd than emperor yep. that, that happened a few years ago as well People Did like fun dark yeah, metal yeah, bands. Yeah. Before at I, festivals. Before I came to Hammer, wow. I didn't know that it was like a guilty pleasure to like Elstorm. I just thought they were a fun band, and then you guys were really down on it, and I was a bit like, oh. That's not true. I reckon I like that, that first. That first album's got some fun songs on. I like Captain Morgan's Revenge, Nancy the Tavern Wench, uh, Drink, Keelhold, yeah. Leviathan. Their cover of Tire Cruise is pretty good. Wow, that's more songs than I thought. I think they did all of them. They opened on Keelhold, and yeah, it was just from then on. It was just like fucking an hour of. It was just stupid. I mean, it was, it was fun, and like I'd ne- I've only seen Elson once before, and that was over ten years ago. And obviously, since then, they've become a much bigger, sillier band. Arguably, like they don't dress like pirates anymore. But it's just they don't. And, and at first, when I found that out, I thought that was a bit like, "Oh, really? You don't even dress as pirates?" But when you look at what they dress like, it's kind of like this weird Scottish metalled up like pop punk thing. Yeah, like so they're all wearing like snapbacks and bright coloured t shirts and yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like, it just looks like. Yeah. And it kind of it like it looks. They look fun. Like they look daft and like they should be playing at three pm on a main stage at a festival. Yeah, it was well, just, it's probably later than that. But yeah, it's a bit, bit later than that. But yeah, it was the sun was still out, and yeah, it was just. I was stood with um, Fraser and Hannah who work at Classic Rock and Prog magazine who were both apprehensive I think beforehand and by the time they're ending on Fucked With An Anchor I turn around they're both there sit- everyone's singing along including members of Classic Rock and Prog magazine Busting it, and, it, and I it's just, it's just Did they get everyone doing the rowboat? Yeah everyone sat down for Nancy the Tavern Wench it was just like, I, like 2,000 people just sat down I've got a question. Uh, what can you say? Because I've not seen them for a while either. Does the duck do anything? No, they boot it into the crowd at one point right. and it gets crowd surfed around. Just to be clear, it's an inflatable duck. Yeah, inflatable duck, yeah. <laughs> and there's just loads of people, yeah, there's like the whole crowd was full of inflatables. Like, loads of people had these like orange space hoppers. Uh, I love those. They're literally my favourite thing in the world. Did they really have them? Like space hoppers that were orange with the face on. That's the most exciting <laughs> thing for you, is there? Yes, they had the space hoppers. Genuinely, when I was talking about how to turn space hoppers ten. Yeah. If, what, oh, I want to go. Well, one of the space hoppers got punted under the stage at one point, and the singer, forget his name, I think it's Christopher. Christopher. Um, was, was sat bouncing on it for a bit while Captain Yarface came out. This. What's Captain Yarn? Well, he's a massive dude with a balaclava on who then just necked two cans of beer in like really quick succession. What, and, just a and block? Then, yep, and then helped sing a song. And he's, that's Captain Yarface. I don't remember them doing that. Yeah, I have no idea. Came out and just helped them down a load of beer. Well, there you go. And yeah, it's fucking... Elstorm it are one of the, especially when it comes to live things, Elstorm are one of the biggest British metal bands of the 21st century. They're going to headline cannot... Woodstock. It's going to happen. Oh, that's a, that's a, mate, that's a bold mate, claim. It's going to happen. It's I'd like to see you happen. as Captain Yarfe. I think you need a bit more investment in a band than just being a laugh live. I, I, I think I think so, man. But if you, if you're if they release another album, which in the next few years, which they will do, and someone at Bloodstock looked out and went, they pulled the biggest crowd. It's It's... But maths. Oh, yeah, but that to me that's like saying watching Skindred in 2010 saying this band are gonna headline down. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. But I wouldn't be surprised, man. Like everyone there was in. I mean, it would be it would be an amazing thing to happen in every sense of the word. Like a I, pirate metal Scottish band. I'd like to see Luke do a cameo as Captain Yarface. I can kind of see you getting. He was like three times the size of made this dude. Like he was. You're a, a tank. good drinker, though. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. But he he was quick. <laughs> <That's a compliment. laughs> yeah. Right, so Elstorm, biggest band yeah. of Saturday. Yeah. Cannibal Corpse followed, and it was all right. But then it started shitting it down, 
and it really sucked the fun out of the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. Deathmatch was cool in the rain, I guess, but like, man, it was re- a real. There's shame. a certain level of rain you just that I think everyone can put up with, and then it's just yeah. I watched the start of it, and then it just got that slight level of heavier, and you're just like, nah, sorry, I'm gonna go hide under somewhere. But uh, by all, by everything I've heard about them, it was great, uh, and it's a shame they had the whole Hawaiian shirt thing, but everyone just wore a poncho and a waterproof instead. <laughs> Uh, and then yeah, Gajira won the weekend. Really, it was it was it was. Is there unreal. anything else we can say about how good they are live now? I kind of feel like they spent. It looked like they spent their entire budget on pyro. Amazing. It was yeah. Every song had fire or smoke bombs. Like they had actual fireworks in the sky for the third song. It was just like yeah, wait, really? yeah, yeah. It's usually usually going to say that at the end, don't they? Yeah, they're that at the end as well. So they had three songs in. They had actual fireworks kicking yeah, off yeah. At, wow. at the back of the stage and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and then they had more, loads more going off at the end. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It they was didn't so, do any of that the other week. No, they were so so good. And a lot of it was magma heavy as well, which I was happy about. And yeah, it was just they looked so happy to be there, and the crowd because it, it was still a bit bit rainy by then, a bit muddy, so the crowd wasn't massive, but. It was everyone there was like having the best time. There's really? loads of inflatable sharks around. Whales. Uh, well, no, some were sharks. Really? Yeah. Some whales with hashtag fuck SeaWorld written on them. Oh. Yes, woke. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, it was Gajira were just as a cut above, which is what I mean. Like Judas Peace were great, but when you just watched Gajira the day after, you're like fucking hell. Like this is how a headline set is done in a metal festival, I guess. Of course. I mean, yeah, any band. I, d- I genuinely don't know a band that could walk on after Gajira at the moment. No, that's why I, I think that's, you know, what I think Mastodon learned that two years ago. Yes, they did. Unfortunately. Yes, they but yeah, that was, yeah, that was the end of the day. Then you came along for Sunday, mate. Oh, yeah, and then I came along for Sunday, yeah. Uh, it was it was weird coming up to a festival on a Sunday, actually. But um, seeing seeing what had obviously been a very rainy and slightly muddy weekend and still seeing that the atmosphere around the, the site was fucking great. It was really cool. Uh, really like speaks volumes of how beloved the festival is when rain doesn't seem to bother anyone no you know, just still having fun um, but yeah what were your highlights uh, Alien Weaponry first on I, I didn't see them I was on my way when you, uh, when you were watching them yeah they were really really good like I think the singer's still only about 16 and yeah they just sound like Roots era Sepultura with a load of like Maori uh, influence from New Zealand like I thought they'd go a bit harder with it to be honest there was a lot of just stuff over the speakers with like um, like tribal chants and stuff like that um, but the songs were amazing and though it was packed in there as well like people knew all the words again and were chanting weaponry after about the third song it was wow. like this is a bunch of kids who've like never played the UK before exciting time for yeah, yeah which I think is going to be where weird. they from? Uh, New Zealand oh amazing that is exciting uh, yeah I didn't see them I got on site and then I went to see who's the first band I saw I think Fuzzy were just finishing. Oh yeah, no, I came on and saw a bit of Jasta, which was cool. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was really good. I came on just as Howard Jones came on with him, so that was nice, because nice. I missed the kill switch spectacular that Elle got to see mm. on Saturday, which we'll get to in a sec. But yeah, it was, it was nice to see Howard come out. Um, and obviously Dino Cazeros was there on stage. Uh, I, they, they covered like a Fear Factory song, and then they did, um, oh, was it Stone the Crow? I think they did Stone the Crow by Down, which is did cool, because Kirk's in the band. So much. Yeah, because Kirk's in, the, in Justin's oh, band as well, so that was really cool. cool. Just like a good little party time metal band just playing good stuff. Um, I didn't watch Mr. Big. Did you watch Mr. Big? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, watch I did Mr. not. Big. I went to see Demonic Resurrection, which oh, is awesome. Oh, good. Massive shout out to Demon Stealer, uh, Sahil, and um, the rest of that band, who, for my money, have probably done more to bring attention to metal outside of the kind of Europe... American and I guess Australian bubble than any other band 
they are so important for metal's kind of representation in India and they were great really like Sahil was hilarious as a front man the song sounded really good um, it seems like they might be winding down or at least going on an extended yeah, sabbatical that, yeah. uh, but if that's the last time they play England for the foreseeable then it was a great gig to, to see a guy out on so massive shout outs to them I saw Underside who I think played oh out. I did see yeah. a bit of Underside yeah. before them sorry they were on before yeah I forgot about that yeah, yeah. it was good interesting <laughs> yeah that the sound was shit to begin with and you could tell that there was something going on I heard something to do with they used to playing with in-ears and they, that didn't happen so they had to use on stage monitors and it they're all from went, Nepal right? and all went a bit wrong yeah and yeah they're from Nepal and it was uh, First time at Bloodstock, I don't think it's not their first time in the UK, but first well, time at Bloodstock. We had their CD on a copy of Metal Hammer uh, a few did. months ago, courtesy of Eleanor. We so. did indeed. And it was, yeah, they had these like dancers come out in massive masks and wigs and it looks a bit odd. Yeah, it's kind of like it was a cool. weird like carnival kind of vibe. Yeah, it was a weird sort of like shamanic thing going on. And then the, mu- the music was good. Like it, there's not much by way of metalcore at Bloodstock, but they sort of made it work. Yeah, it's I kind think. of like extreme tinged, almost bouncy metalcore. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really, you know, it was good. Like, I think they didn't pull a massive crowd and they started a bit late and it all went a bit, a bit tits. But, you know, they did what, you know, they did what they could. I think it was, you know, it was good. It was good. But oh, who else did I see that day? Mantar in the state. In the oh, tent, yeah. How a Mantar? Amazing. Yeah. I'm, I was quite angry at myself for never listening to them before. They are I, a very good band. I just knew about them as a band Jonathan Seltzer likes. And thought, okay, I'll go check this out. And yeah, it's just two piece. I think they're from Germany. Um, just making a horrible, like sludgy, hardcore, I guess, at, at each other. This like just a drummer and a bassist, maybe it's a guitar, just standing facing each other on stage, just screaming for about an hour. Amazing. Bit of me. That's very good. Um, I saw a bit of Devil Driver. They were just really, really solid as always. Again, a band that just don't really do boring gigs. Circle uh, pits. Circle pits everywhere. Yeah. Um, Des was on great form. Really, really cool. That said, not a lot standing up to At The Gates on the main stage oh, of Bloodstock. <laughs> just what a band, what a band, what a legacy, and still just absolutely crush it live. Just never get bored of seeing them. Yeah, that was my first time seeing them somehow. And yeah. Well, they just, went away again for quite a while. Well, of course, but I never saw them when they came back first time, but it was just seeing Thomas Lindbergh just belt out those songs like, yeah, this is metal. Yeah. I'm in on this. Absolutely amazing. And yeah, the crowd was going mad for it as well, which was cool. Uh, what do you think of Nightwish? Kind of a hard act following one of the most legendary metal bands ever and arguably the best metal band in the world today. Yeah, um, it's not my thing musically. I, I like Nemo um, and a few other songs off once, but the sh- yeah, it was good. I think it was slick and polished and you could tell they've been playing that exact same show all summer. It was, you know, didn't miss a beat, they knew exactly what was going on when. Um, and, but yeah, it was, it was good. Like, it was visually, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, the screens and stuff and the, the, screens the effects called, they have. Yeah, the way they used fire as well, like rather than Gajira who just went, here's everything we can do for every song. They sort of just did interesting things about four different times, mm. which was cool. But yeah, like Flo's voice is ridiculous. Yeah, she's alive. She is easily the best singer they've had. Yeah, exactly. so I've never seen that before. And, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah, um, I've seen her with all three singers and I think she... Easily dwarfs Tyre and uh, no. Yeah, I saw the, the the ending. I thought was a bit weird. It didn't feel like a big ending. It's it they had that Richard Dawkins speech. And it was like okay, then that's just how we're ending it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was good. Like I think it was. I've, I said the same to someone at the time that I think, despite Nightwish being massive, and obviously they're doing Wembley later this year, 
symphonic metals like a marmite thing really even the bloodstock you either love it or you hate it and there were people there that were just going along because it was the headliner with no interest in the band whatsoever mm. whereas I think someone like Gajira are way more accessible to a metal fan than Nightwish are I think I've, I struggled to see anybody who could appreciate heavy music on any level like whatever you're into and not watching Gajira and at least being impressed by it. Yeah, yeah. Even completely. if you're not emotionally. But yeah, you're right. Nightwish are, um, they're, they're still an acquired taste. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I like Nightwish a lot. Like they they, uh, they didn't play a ton of songs that I'm massive on, but they played I Wish I Had an Angel. They played Geth's Main. Uh, Amaranth is a massive song. Nemo's great. Uh, they played Ghost Love Score as well, which is one of my favorite Nightwish songs. Um, and yeah, Floor, not only is she, uh, more interesting to watch as a, as a front woman but she, as a singer she can do the Annette stuff she can do the Tyra stuff and she can do her she can obviously do the stuff that she sung um, so it all works together really well uh, and yeah yeah I agree I think it's just one of those bands where they play a really great show probably never gonna bowl people over in the same way that a Gajira might just because symphonic metal like you said is a bit is a bit more of an acquired taste mm. Um, but I think you know, undeserving, undoubtedly deserving. Oh yeah, right exactly. and it, yeah, it's cool to see. It's great to see a band like that headline in a massive festival. Like, it's a good thing for metal. So shout out them and shout out Bloodstock for putting another unbelievable weekend. It was good. Did you watch Watain at the end of the day? Oh yeah, shit on Come me. On. We didn't talk about Watain. That's probably my highlight of the day. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah, like filled the tent out to the absolute brim. Um, brought all the fire. Definitely some stinky stuff going on as well. Don't know if they had the usual blood and stuff. I couldn't see from where I was. But yeah, just so much better than um, earlier in the year. I saw them in, uh, in London in, I think, February. And it felt a little bit anticlimactic with how good the new album is. Right. Uh, but yeah, Bloodstock, that was unbelievable. Yeah, but what, what, what a Watain show should be like. I'm good, I missed that. But I had to get home. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it was a great night. Well, a great evening. Yeah. And shout out everyone that stayed to listen to new metal songs after Wattay. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, good festival. Hooray. Uh, and then I went to see the greatest band in the world putting on their most epic stage show ever. How was it? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a leading introduction at all. Not at all. Well, Don't know what you mean. I guess, first of all, Killswitch Engage mentioned earlier. They were supporting. Yes. How did um, they go now? Good. I mean, like, at the beginning, it was weird because I kind of they came on and I felt a little bit disappointed almost I felt like the songs weren't really filling the space and that people were kind of reacting okay but it wasn't like crazy or anything and I was a bit like oh I really wanted more from this and then as the set wore on it got better and better and better and it just yeah the energy levels were up and people seemed to be quite more engaged with it that's cool um so yeah like by the time we got to stuff like My Last Serenade Beyond the Flames, Rose of Sharon. And then Howard Jones came on for the end of Heartache. I can't believe I missed this. That was two days That amazing gig out of all things. Like, um, he was great. Believe. He came like, you could tell he was like loving it so much. He bounded out just like a giant puppy or something. And he was just like so excited to be there. And he would not stop moving over the stage. They had this camera guy following him around and he was so close like um, to Howard. And every time Howard was like turning around and running, this camera guy would just be like <laughs> freaking out. I don't know why I was following him so closely, but he was so much energy it's so good to hear that because I, I never saw Howard with Devil You Know I don't even know if they play many gigs and like the Torch haven't played many gigs yet um, and seeing how disinterested and bored bored's probably not the right word but certainly disillusioned Howard was live with Killswitch towards the end it's so good to hear that he's 
um, yeah, he just like on it again and, and loving it, you know. Yeah, and then towards so he kind of did started off the song, and then towards the middle of it, Jesse was at the back of the stage and um, kind of doing like screamed vocals in the background, and by the end they were both kind of like doing it together. Oh man, it actually just worked really really what well. An image. It really made me want to see <sighs> a whole set because they're different vocalists with different styles, and you know Jesse's kind of cooler, a bit more sort of like I don't know rough and. Uh, how it would have this like boundless thing and his voice is more kind of like soaring and I'd really like to see them do a set where they just duet on all the songs that I mean I would love to see that I don't know if it would be it's a hard one because I want Killswitch to be one of the biggest bands in the world and they should be one of the biggest bands in the world because they're amazing and I don't know if something that nostalgic would be a good yeah, and might be know, a bit too backwards facing. I guess it's the, the point of how it came off of one song and it was great, and but you don't want anything to take away from the spotlight of them and Jesse too much because yeah. he's the singer now, you know, again, yeah. <laughs> and he is doing a really good job. And the show was great when it warmed up, so it's not like he's doing a bad job and you want Howard back. It's like they're both really no, and ways. and to be honest, I've, like I mean, I've seen Howard at the first London show they did, and he was great, but even Howard at his best, which was really good on its day, Jesse's just the, one of the best front men in metal full stop and I, you know as a fan I would, I would murder to see them do a set together I yeah. just can't even imagine how brilliant that would be but with them about to go into a new album cycle maybe that's something it would be good to see like after that or at a festival like yeah, a special thing special you know what I mean edition. I mean Howard wasn't note perfect but his uh, enthusiasm and energy and excitement was just like ah that's very good always good when you can have two absolutely brilliant singers uh, combining for one band so and then obviously uh, Maiden came on yes and I've probably mentioned before you know I'm not like a massive Maiden fan I was never really too um, I was never really sucked in by them I was never really one of my bands I was never really kind of that enthused like you guys weren't were. a drooling fanboy no like and I was kind of like, <laughs> I'm just, I just to be honest I was like they're probably not for me but then obviously you guys especially you Merlin very excited about Maiden and some of that excitement has obviously transferred itself to me because I saw the Book of Souls <laughs> with you and I was actually like, you know, this is a good show. I'd only seen them at festival sets before and seeing them do a show I was into. Oh, climbing like a monkey at that gig was one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> I never thought I would do that, so there you go. So I wanted to see this set and it was just super, super entertaining. It's like a big heavy metal pantomime school play or something. Yeah. But with loads of, <laughs> with loads of money. Spot on. With loads of money thrown at it. Bruce, oh my gosh, this is a guy who's like, what, 60 or so? He just was 60 last week, wasn't he? Just 60, He's beaten cancer and was like running and leaping everywhere. Like it was his first show and he was super excited to be there. And then, yeah, I mean, you guys have already said, but they had loads of set changes, um, did a lot of songs spanning the eras. Bruce's leather pants, always there. <laughs> and he, Any, I mean, a 60-year-old man that could pull off leather pants is pretty, and, pretty and good And he can going. actually pull it off. And then he sort of had different costume changes like he had the sort of big billowing shirt at one point that was a bit vampiric and I'm sure you guys probably know the significance of those costumes more than I do but um well I'd like to say that but but having uh, those that have read the last issue uh, would know this that having spoken to the band about this is pretty much Bruce just thinks this would look good for Fear of the Dark and he just yeah. goes in the costume shop and buys loads of shit <laughs> and that's what it kind of looks like to be honest but you could see how smug and excited he was to have the flamethrower jetpack thing on his back I know just, just ridiculous walking, just walking around the stage just making it work and fire coming out of both hands um, and the other guy is just so much energy as well just running around really into it and it was just super entertaining. There wasn't really a boring moment. Even a couple of the songs that I'm not so into that 
you know, maybe don't have the attention span for it, if I'm honest. It was, there was just a lot to look at all the time and um, it was a really good show. Cannot, cannot fault that show, no matter what you think of the band. Who bloody right. Yeah, awesome. Um, Love Bites guys went as well, some of those guys were there. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, basically pray and Maiden do download or one more big show next year with that set list because I haven't seen it once, I'm going to see it again. Yeah. It is, it, it, I think it's the best set list I've ever seen a band that I like do. Oh my goodness me. What's happening in the world of metal? Luke Morton, tell me. Well, Merlin, uh, Venom Prison are back in the studio. Yes! Come on! That's about that's what a, we know. That's a big album. <laughs> it I've is. seen Larissa post some updates from Instagram and yeah. Yeah, they're in Vagrant Studios, which I believe is in Wales. I could have made that up. Uh, and yeah, that's all we know really. So a few Instagram posts, but it looks like it's happening. Uh, so exciting. And yeah, I think it? if it... It could be fucking great. Like the first one's solid, really, really. I think they're still better live now. I think they've got a lot better live even now. Uh, and I think they're just going to be even tighter as a band. It's just going to be really good death metal. Awesome. Yeah. Really, really. I, th- I think this album is going to be a tester for just how big a a proper, not like a kind of like a melodic death metal band or a deathcore band, but like a proper death metal band from well Britain can do. Like I think it will be it's gonna be an interesting litmus test for the capacity for that music on a wider level. And if anyone could do it it's better because yeah, they're the yeah. best. And obviously everyone's well up for it as well. It's like it's gonna come out of nowhere. Everyone knows this album's coming. Yeah. yeah. It's just gonna be I can't wait. Gonna be big. Get Hopefully. it in our ears soon. Now. Looks like we'll get a new Megadeth album next year as well. Yes, come Yay. on. Doing stuff. I thought uh Dystopia was like good. Definitely a lot better than the one that came before it, which was a super collider, I want to say. Uh, I, I want to agree with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so hopefully uh, Megadeth kind of go in, um, they have these kind of patterns they go through where they'll do like a bit of a bum album, then a pretty good album, then an awesome album. Like they did United Abominations, which was really good. And mm-hmm. then they did Endgames, which was a classic. And then they did 13, which is all right. And then the Super Collider, which was really not very good. Right. And then Dystopia was big step in the right direction. So you so reckon, according to their trends, this I, is going to be the I do, awesome I do. It, the, uh, Megadeth have a good habit of putting about one in every three or four albums of theirs is like like an absolute knockout. Um, and don't get me wrong, they've got loads of other stuff that's great around those, but I think it's time for Megadeth to put out a proper, like, we are Megadeth, this is what we do. Yeah. Because um, when they have the when they're at their top capacity, they blow everyone else out of the water. So, I'm well up for it to be honest. Bring it on, Come bring on, it Dave. on. Uh, speaking of new music, bring me the horizon. I've started teasing stuff. I guess it's a record. Uh, I'm excited. Soon. I know yeah. you know maybe I'm in minority there, but I really like that. Suspiria. Oh, they got a few fans. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a few. I really like that's the spirit. I really want to hear what they're going to do next. You definitely gonna... liked it the most out of us, I think. Yeah, I really liked it. I'm a sucker for a catchy hook, so what can I say? Would you like, if you had the choice, would you like to see them do more of that? Would you prefer to see them go a bit heavier again if there's a chance? Or I, I really enjoyed the Royal Albert Hall show that they did with the orchestra and the choir. I just thought it was so good. And I like the kind of catchier direction, but there still has to be some heaviness for it to be good to mm. me. I didn't really like, what was the saxophone one? Oh No or something? Oh No, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like that one. And a couple of like slower bits where I'm a bit like, yeah, it's not my favorite, but 
this, you know, the singles that came out and when they've got that like groove, bounce and the heaviness behind it, like mm. that's when I like them. Fair, fair. Interesting to see. Uh, I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks back, but Bring Me the Horizon, one of those rare bands now where you don't really know what to expect next for them, and that's not a bad position to be in at all. No, so I imagine it's going to be. It'll be. I'm, uh, it'll, it'll be good. The whole, the whole thing. They're, they're teasing. It's got. It's got it keeps featuring the line. Do you want to start a cult with me? Mm. Which and I have no idea. And there's a phone number. And if you dial it, this sounds like a church organ and gives, gives giving and it gives you like lifestyle advice. Interesting. Yeah, have no idea. Maybe something a little bit conceptual going. Who on. knows? But it'll be it'll be massive. Yes, it will. But uh, there is a uh, basically there's a countdown on it, or there's a date on it, and it says it's going to be August twenty first is when we're going to hear something from them. Who knows? Who my knows? money is on a video. Let's go. Let's go. Bring me. We're ready for you. Uh, let's take some reader questions from the lovely readers at www.facebook.com forward slash readers. Said it right first time that time. Well done. Come on. Where's my medal? Uh, Hugh Thomas Eggington asks. That's an amazing that's name. A fucking solid name. Wow. Uh, now that Bloodstock 2018 is over, who would we like to see in 2019 or who is likely? Well, we were just talking about Megadeth. Yeah. That seems like it could be a thing. They're just about due for Good another. Band. It's been a few years since they've headlined, yeah. Last yeah. year. Was it last year? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh shit! Really? Was that their second go headlining? Maybe yeah. I, I, I they headlined last year. Oh, yeah. well. maybe not then. Maybe maybe then the following year. But on the readers group mm. actually, somebody was talking about Sabaton, and I agree. That's I think Sabaton's a, a great show. show. If yeah. they've got an album out next year, Absol- absolutely, absolutely. Well, that would be a blinding. They headlined, didn't blinding they? I can't blinding. remember which year it was and who it was for, but they did a really good yeah. set because once they've got the tank on stage and everyone's primed. It was a good show. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're another one that's a, just power metal, but you know, the, the show they're packing is, yeah, headline worthy. Definitely. And, you know, we were just talking about Elstorm, bands just being fun, having a, you know, a, a gimmick that people buy into and enjoy, and Sabaton are like 100% that guy. Yeah, that it's, band. Like, it's like Elstorm, but with soldiers. Yes. <laughs> that's my review. And better songs. Um, <laughs> I already said I like some Elstorm stuff. Uh, I've got a list here, because me and um, Steve Hill, who uh, writes for him, of course, uh, we're talking about this on the weekend. Um, he made a good suggestion, which was if it was possible, a reunited Sepultura. Yeah, that would be sick. If, the, if it's still on the table at all and Matt's on form, that would be pretty amazing. Uh, Manowar is one that always gets yeah, mentioned. Yeah, I think Manowar's a good shout because the headland Hellfest. I kind of feel like it would not be the same booking it might have been a few years ago when they hadn't come over in a while. I think before it could have been like the marquee booking of Bloodstock Weekend. Now I'm not so sure. I kind of feel like it would be like a solid solid Friday headliner or something. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I think they couldn't do anything less than headline. No, no, definitely not. And it'll still be great and it'll be a, a big thing. Um, but Manowar playing in France is not the same as Manowar playing in England. No, 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 definitely. Behemoth. Yes. Uh, have they headlined yet? They've not. They they did the Satanist in full last year. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, that would be that would be. I thought one, then. Behemoth, but in terms of logistics, they're playing in the UK in February, and I thought maybe that would be too close to Bloodstock to do a festival headline. So yeah, depending on that whole yeah yeah maybe maybe it would be one for at the end of the cycle when they kind like you know like Ghost did uh, yeah like the last thing yeah. See, I thought Slayer because. Yeah. They're, they're on that winding down now and it, you yeah. either are going to headline Bloodstock or headline the second stage of download I think yeah, it's, totally. Slayer. it's weird one with Slayer because it just doesn't feel right that Slayer should be doing anything other than headlining a festival on their last UK festival but yeah. 
they probably wouldn't get booked for download. And they've done they've already done Bloodstock a couple of times, but it's the last Slayer show. Yeah. So I think that it's another solid bet as well, isn't it? Like saying about Kajira, there aren't many metal fans that would turn their nose up at watching. No, Kajira. exactly. If you go to Bloodstock and you don't think Slayer are worth watching as a headline set, just yeah, stop going to Bloodstock. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Would understand back that. Um, some like slightly left field choices. I'd be interested to know your opinions on Corn. I'd love to see that. I, so I'd love to see much. it. I think it, I would pers- be in my dreamland. Personally, I think they'd have to angle it towards a, like an anniversary or something. I think really. I think they, if, if it was like an oldest, like an album in full type thing, Corn headline English could be wicked. I don't know how much of the old denim and leather crowd they give it too much of a crap about new Corn material. That is fair. Uh, I don't know if I'll go for an album in full because I saw them do Corn in full at Brixton. And oh, yeah, it was, it was yeah. underwhelming, if I'm yeah, being honest. Yeah, I agree. I um, think they've got really good songs more than really good albums, although there are a couple of their albums that I love. I'd like some um, do Untouchables in full. It's like them apples. Issues in full, I quite like. It's yeah, I'd love to see the first one. Follow the leader. Follow the leader is 20 this year. They might it do is, it back yeah. off that. Uh, We're doing those three shows in the States, but there's nothing planned for here. Oh, I'd like, it would be good fun that one. I'd like to see it. Yeah, yeah. cool. A little bit different. Um, I'm not sure who you could book under them that would be a kind of obvious mm. thing. Um, Steel Panther. Nah. No? no I, don't see, I don't see it. No. I see it in terms of scale because they play arenas and it's a similar thing in kind of to Ailstorm in terms of novelty. Like people would probably just go and watch it anyway. But it's just weird, isn't it? Because it's not like metal, metal. It's like. But it is. Weird. It's more <coughs> centered at proper metal than Europe are and then um, and to, to clarify Europe have headlined last up before yeah um, so, uh, certainly then oh, not, not than I was going to say because everyone always talks about Scorpions potentially headlining which would be a great booking um, metalheads love Scorpions and they're definitely a part of wider metal culture but, de- but Steel Panther are more of a metal band like, all their, like one of their songs is called Death's All But Metal yeah like, I'm not, I, don't think I think it would work I really do I, I think they would have a good time because they are showmen and they can bring a show. So if you need a band that's really going to sort of like bring a party to the Saturday mm. night or Friday night or something, and I think if you're working. if you're into metal, if you're at Bloodstock, you know who Steel Panther are, yeah, and you will know absolutely. their songs. I think because they've just crossed over into such a wider thing. I think it would be a really good booking. I think it's too. I don't know really. Not that it takes the piss out of metal. Mate, you just back Ailstorm, don't I, I know, I know that's it, but Ailstorm <laughs> take what they do seriously. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying Steel Panther don't, but it's very much a sort of pointy thing saying, hey, look how stupid metal is. Quite a lot of But time. they can uh, play, though, can't they? They can the play. Like, uh, even if you think it's really stupid or like offensive or whatever, they can actually play. I don't think it's offensive, but I, think, I don't think it's funny anymore. And I think, I think the, the first album is by far the best thing they've done. But I just think, it, I think compared to other headlines that Bloodstock have had, Steel Panther were just a bit too more, I don't know, glitzy and polished to really fit in with it all. There's, like, there's, no, mm. and there's no real grit to it. It's just like, we're a massive band with a big show and sit and fun songs. And I don't know if that... What a terrible idea. Oh, yeah, no, no, In my mind, in terms of aesthetic, it, do, it doesn't fit. But well, they, there's no denying like, how big they are. If they had like an actual proper 80s metal band first, you know, someone like with a bit of cred, can't think who, but... Okay, yeah. what about, as a headliner, could you just make me think of that by saying that, uh, White Snake? That could work. 
Maybe. White Snake would not Steel Panther. I find that really weird. It could, but I don't know if it could work. Really. Because I reckon Steel Panther would Steel Panther talking to a Bloodstock crowd would have them in the palm of their hands. I think. Yeah. yeah. I felt so. bored by the idea of White Snake. I'm just like, oh, boring. I, I, think, I, think that, I really love White Snake. Sorry. Yeah. I, I got jams. I know one. I know one song really, but it's a fucking great song. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, I don't know. I think Steel Panther makes sense because they're a massive band and they're in our world. But I don't know. Just in terms of. The lack of edge to it, uh, maybe that's maybe not. But yeah, mm-hmm. it could just be me. The only, one, the only other one I had written down was Lamb of God because they're due to do oh, it again. Oh, I love that them so cool. much. Uh, yeah, or Machine Heads. They'll be at the end of the. They don't do festivals anymore, do they? Oh, they no. don't do they? They might do it if they were headlining. Yeah, maybe. It's a bit different. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool. Or if they could curate it or something like they're yeah, doing. Yeah, that'd be cool, yeah. That'd be very cool. Um, not really for a headliner, but. Going off what we were just saying, I would love to see Killswitch Engage play Bloodstock. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe they could do a headline slot, but you know, very certainly sub headliner. Give them an hour and like just breathing in full. Yes, backed one hundred percent. Why have you still not done that over here? <sighs> oh well. Uh, Alistair McMillan asks: Should the live performances of a song replicate exactly how it is on records? So, do we like it when it sounds like it does on the album, or do we like it when? They switch stuff up. Oh, a bit of both. Because sometimes I love a song, I'm like, I just want to hear this song really badly. Where, like a perfect circle when they played, they played, I completely can't remember what song it was now. They played one of my favourite songs, but they played that alternative version of it. And I was like, no, I just want to hear like the proper one. I want to hear like all of the riffs and everything. And I was like, oh, they've taken its teeth away. So that I was disappointed with. But sometimes um, when bands do it, it kind of reinvigorates the song a bit, a song you thought you'd kind of heard a load of times, it makes it more exciting. Yeah, I'm sort of on the same you know, line as you. I, I, went, I went to see Maiden the other day in Birmingham. They, I swear they played the Trooper at like one and a half or twice the speed. They played the Trooper really fast. Yeah, they really, played Flight Vicarus really fast. Yeah, and it was like, this is amazing, like proper rocking through it, and I thought this is wicked. And I think I've seen Slipknot a few times where they just speed up a load of songs, and it's like, oh, this is cool. But then sometimes when bands mess around with songs, it doesn't work at all. Like I remember going to see the Mars Volta uh, when they headlined the second stage at Sonosphere in 2011, maybe. And to be fair, they weren't very good that day. They were quite obviously not wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and they, they did this like weird fucking jam-style version of Goliath. And I loved that song. And it took me about four minutes to even get that that was the song they were playing. I don't a- like it when bands fuck about. Yeah. Like going a bit faster or slower or jamming out a bit. When bands just piss about for ages, I'm not as. Yeah, it's just like just, just playing the song. It's like what Guns N' Roses did it, download this year. Like it was too much pissing about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I say, I don't want to hear it exactly like it is on records because, you know, just put the record on. But, you know, you don't want it to sound too polished because, you know, because you, you want it to like, oh, the band are playing live, they're in the moment, man. But at the same time, yeah, because you don't want just to fuck around with it and just ruin your, fa- your favourite song, yeah. are you? Oh, I know. Perfect Circle did Counting Bodies Like Sheep's The Rhythm of the Wardrums, which is their remix, but the original song is Pet, and Pet is fucking amazing. And I was like, I just want to hear Pet, damn it. I Imagine. did not get to hear it. That's unfortunate. Um, I think it's always a good sign when you're so used to seeing a band do a song differently and in a certain way live that you end up listening to the albums and singing along with those bits. Do you know what yeah, I mean? no, By the way, Bruce sings guess, certain Maiden yeah. songs and stuff, he'll do something different, he'll always put a yeah in or whatever. Metallica, obviously, another good example of just throwing in little fun bits here and there. Um, I, I like it when a song, again, Maiden, Fear of the Dark's probably the best example of this, where like, the live version of a song kind of supersedes it on record, it becomes the definitive version of it. I think that's really cool. Joe Heaton asks, what are some recent examples of bands surprising you by playing a song you never thought you'd see live? 
A recent example for me would be when Avengers Sevenfold dropped MIA at download this year. Uh, not to beat the same drum over and over again, but I mean, I saw the setlist in advance, but I never thought I'd get to see Maiden play Flight of Icarus yeah. or Clansman, probably or Sign of the Cross. So seeing those three, and even for the greater good of God, that's the kind of song you wouldn't think they'd slot back in again. So yeah, Maiden are winning this at the moment. For yeah, me. Flight of Icarus is the one I've uh, got right now. And when, I mentioned it recently on the podcast, when Metallica did Spit Out the Bone, uh, in London I was just like oh because they didn't play it all tall mm. it was like oh it's not going to bother playing this one but they did it just for us I've got Metallica down here as well because I saw them at Ross Kilder a few years back um, the best Metallica set list I've ever seen they did Carpe Diem Baby followed by I Disappear one after the other it was I might have mentioned that before on here actually but it was just I Disappear is an amazing song and they just when they rolled into it and I realised what they were doing with it I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I think I mentioned this before as well, but Deftones doing Royal Albert Hall and doing Battle Axe because I love that song so much. That's cool. And they don't play it every show, so. Uh, Joe mentioned the Ben Sevenfolds. Um, them doing Second Heartbeat at Download was amazing, apart from the fact that I missed two thirds of it because uh, <laughs> no. I couldn't hear what they were doing. And I got uh, chatting to someone when I was on my way to the toilet, and then I came back and heard the last bit, and it's my favourite Ben song, and I was really sad. Oh well. Oh, Killswitch Engage doing Numbered Days and Self-Revolution one after the other just after Jesse had come back at Shepherd's Bush Empire was... Still one of the best Mel gigs ever. Yeah, I mean, that might be the most I've ever lost my shit to someone dropping songs, actually. It was just unreal. Uh, Carl Sunderberger asks, what's a little-known band that you would say to keep your eye on? Um, oh, God, probably just because I saw them the other week, even though we've mentioned them before, but I think Get The Shot. Um, they're not a brand new band at all but having seen them live now I just think they are unbelievable definitely the next band that could walk into the kind of groove that Power Trip have set out for themselves just unbelievable metallic hardcore so so good Uh, after seeing them this weekend I'd see Alien Weaponry I think yeah totally I I think if they get the right sort of backing and you know are able to tour outside of New Zealand more um, then yeah they could easily be massive you know they are kids and they sound amazing like, it's ridiculous how good those, some of those songs are awesome um, I think it's not not necessarily that small because of who, you know, who their members are but the Fever 333 I think are going to be massive when they finally get an album out there's a lot of hype around them and you reckon they could be bigger than Let Live? I don't know it's weird man because like Let Live never really got that big well, no, that's what I mean Let Live would never really let Live were like everyone's favourite band. Yeah, like I love that band. Really being top heavy. five bands. Uh, but they never really escaped. I didn't see them play anywhere bigger than, you know, like the ballroom maybe? No, uh, like when they had like 800 day. people or something? Yeah, 800,000 people, something like that. Yeah. Whereas 800 to 1,000. <laughs> yeah, something like that. 800,000 people. Where, whereas, yeah, the fever this week, next week are doing Isn't an Academy. Which isn't small. Not far off that, no. Yeah. I think it's got more crossover appeal in terms of it's got that like dance yeah. element to it. There's a lot of hip hop stuff going on yeah. there, which is cool. But yeah, I like it, man. I think, I think it'll be cool. And not it's not metal, but I think the band Idols, this punk band, are going to be massive. Yeah, they're really good. I like them a lot. I'm listening to Hangman's Chair at the moment. Oh, cool. We're doing a little something with them in the yeah, issue. Yeah, they've got an album, Van Lo Trieste, which is Sad Suburb in French. Wow. Which is cool. It's a song with Persevator on it. And yeah, I guess just the bands I always talk about. Like <laughs> Sky Harbour, I'm obsessed with. 
and Vola, who were at Bloodstock, have got a new record out soon, and maybe it's a little bit more proggy than the last one, but it's cool. That's cool. I just want to say as well, not I'm not um not an unknown band at all. Very established, been on the scene for years. Always been excellent. But the new Skeleton Witch album, oh, for me, uh, but after probably I'd say only Ghost and Judas Priest is probably my favourite metal album of the year. It is absolutely. Yeah unbelievable like the way they've notched up they kind of dialed down the thrash and notched up the melodic death metal and it's just unbelievable it is so good really I think that's one that could go under the radar because there's so much good stuff going on mm. um, so I just want to say please go listen to that because it's so brilliant yeah I've liked it's out now near enough, but it's out right now I need to listen to it more Hooray. Uh, we will be back next week with all the latest news, reviews, and gossip from the world of metal. Luke's off to Art Tangent. That's going to be good. Who are you most excited for? Ooh, I don't know. La Dispute, maybe, because I've never seen them before. La Dispute. La Dispute. Yes. Wow. So that's good. Rollo Tomasi, Black Peaks, Alcest. It's just going to be a lot of posty metal loveliness. So Luke will be reviewing that Art Tangent weekend next week. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Uh, have fun if you're there. And buy Luke a beer if you see him. Please do. I don't know many people going, so uh, please come see <laughs> Be Luke's friend. Yeah. Hashtag it. Make it a thing. <laughs> uh, the new issue of Metal Hammer featuring that World Exclusive Disturbed interview is out right now. Uh, you can also hear, by the way, that Eleanor went on Women's Hour um, this I week. Did. Do you want to talk about that quickly? Yeah, yeah. You can still the, listen to that now, can't you? You can listen to it again on the BBC website. It's on Radio 4. And for those of you who don't know, it's like a regular daily programme aimed at women. And they just talk about various issues. But we were on talking for a series they've got about uh, music. And we were talking about women in music. And Dora was talking about how she got started in metal and what her story is and why she loves it so much. And I was kind of chatting about how I got into metal and a bit about new metal and about why metal's good, really. And the presenter was not into metal, obviously. <laughs> and she was kind of horrified to hear there was a festival called Bloodstock. So that's quite funny. Really? Yeah. Wow. You can go to the BBC website and uh, listen to Elle and Doro talking about metal right now. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast. Leave us a review. As I said earlier, come on to www.facebook.com forward slash metal hammer readers. Oh, I fucked it that time. Oh, come God on. damn it. An older slate. It's a long address. Metal Hammer Readers. Just look it up on Facebook. We are, we're all there. Come hang out. And we will see you next week. Stay metal, my friends. Bye. Bye.